0: On this episode of Big Drive Energy, we've got a stacked show. We're gonna talk about the 3M Open this past weekend. We're gonna talk about a cheating scandal in golf uh, that uh, hit the the golf. Canadian Tour. Hit the, well, yeah. Yeah, but it, I mean, it, it rocked the whole golf. World. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. It was it was big on Golf X X Golf, whatever we nuclear golf. No, we used to call it Twitter, but now oh it's yeah, X. Golf X. Okay. Um, and there's a shocking video of kids ripping up a green. We're going to get into that. There was another insane ball situation. We like to talk about balls on this podcast quite a bit. Um, in the Corn Ferry Tour event this weekend, Tiger Woods is accepting a position on the PGA Tour board, and we're going to do a fairway or four. So we got a loaded show. We're back in studio. Um, For the first time since I became a father of one, which has been a fucking riot. Mitchell lives with me now. Um, A lot of shit's changed since we were in the studio. Of course, this podcast is brought to you by our presenting sponsor, Pins and Aces. If you guys are watching on the YouTube, you see the Pins and Aces hats on us and on our desk here. They have the best stuff in the game. Um, They just came out with their Joker 4.0 collection. The hoodies are so sick because they... they're It's like... You know, I don't know about you. I'm not a big like graphic hoodie guy. I do like just a plain hoodie, but then yeah. they throw the graphics in the hood. Mm-hmm. So no one can really see it, but you know it's there. So just it makes adds it, a little spice. Yeah, it's a little spice to the uh to the plain black hoodie, but the whole Joker 4.0 collection is back. Uh, make sure you head over to pinsandaces.com. Use our promo code BDE. That'll save you 15% off your entire order and get you free shipping. They've got joggers, They've got the liquor stick. Perfect time for tailgating. We are going to have a liquor stick at our tailgates here in Denver. Uh, It's a great, it's just the best way to drink. My girlfriend just put her liquor stick together today and played nine holes, said it was fucking
1: awesome. Oh, see? Her and her friend were ripping shots out of it, having a blast. Birdie shots out of the liquor stick. You just throw a driver head cover on it. I was like, you got an extra driver head cover? You just throw it on there? Nobody
0: knows. An extra pins and aces driver head cover. Correct. No less. But they got the liquor stick. They got the beer sleeve. Uh, they're making a bunch of custom merch for us, so make sure to check that out on our different websites, thednbr.com, allchgo.com. We'll be releasing one at the end of this month, and phnx.com, uh, gophnx.com. We'll have some uh, some Pins and Aces merch throughout all the markets, as well as some BDE merch coming out, so Love that stay tuned, but pinsandaces.com, promo code BDE. All right, let's tee it up.
2: Hello, friends. Welcome to this tradition, unlike any.
1: Somebody scream mashed potatoes. That was mashed.
0: First of all, let's get into what yeah, is it before, like to live with me?
1: I was gonna ask. Okay, so yes, yeah, so let's let's get into like this last week, week, in, or two weeks. Because our last show was the
0: live stream after the uh, Open Championship. Yeah, so it's been about 10 days. The yeah. The with with the uh, dominant finish at the Open Championship. Yep. Uh, real boring
1: coming down the stretch there along with this last week's tournament, which we will discuss. But yeah, I basically, I got back into town on what, the 17th of July. So I've been living with you now for, it's exactly two weeks today, I think, uh, so i want to ask you let's just air it out because um, we haven't lived together since in, in about 10 years uh and i'm only planning on being there for two months which helps like we know this isn't really I think we may have some more issues with with each other if we knew this was like a long-term thing. Um but since it's for the short term, just lay it all out there. What what do you have problems with me? Oh, this is going to be good. And well, we are
0: sharing a bathroom for reference. Yeah, we share a bathroom. So, my house has two bathrooms, one upstairs, one downstairs. I have the downstairs bathroom to myself normally, not anymore. Um Correct. But no, I actually don't have Mitchell's a pretty good person to live with. He uh He's changed uh, our lifestyle a little bit in terms of, like, normally at night, we're like, what do we want to eat for dinner? And then we just decide to order food. And Mitchell's always like, well, I can go pick something up from the store. Oh, he calls Whole Foods the Amazon store. That is probably the fucking funniest thing that, that has come of him living at our house is he says the Amazon store. Well, when they ask you to swipe your Prime
1: card, like, it's basically Amazon. Would... I don't think there's really that that much of a difference. Also, it's a fucking crock of shit how much you spend on groceries at Whole Foods, um, which and it, it, you're kind of like getting what you pay for, because I do like the vibe in there. It's very nice. It's very, very clean. Um, I always like going and getting like... Last night, I made skirt steak tacos off the hook, uh, but it was like $25 for like a pound and a half of skirt steak, which... I feel like is a little steep relative to um you know your typical safe waking supers but it basically is amazon in store form so i just started calling it amazon by accident now you won't let me call it anything but amazon no it
0: has to be amazon because he he's the first slip up was when he said this amazon bread sucks (laughs) and that sent me to did you fucking order bread from amazon and have it delivered here and then after a while, it, it uh, came to fruition that he had went into Whole Foods, but yeah, the Amazon. Um, no, the the only issue I really have with you, and I ha- this just like surfaced the last hour or so, is my bathroom that we share together. Is first of all, he fucking sets his towel. On the fucking towel rack like a lunatic. Oh, like, okay, he doesn't Mar- fold it back. Here, up.
1: Marissa, is your mic on? I want your opinion on this because he he wants right after I shower, he wants me to fold my towel and put it back on the rack. Like, that's not letting it sufficiently dry, correct? No. Would you? Okay. Because he goes, well, you... Because I, like, lay it open, like, on... Across the rack and let it dry. And then the next time I walk in there a couple hours later, I fold it back up once it's dry and we're good to go. But he thinks you should just fold it up right afterwards and put it there like you never
0: used it.
2: Well, then it gets wet and moldy. Yeah. And then it smells... So you have to let it air out.
0: I don't... don't. Let's fucking shut her mic (laughs) off. Um wow. no, but he okay, they may be right, but you're just the,
1: particular about the, how you likes. That's what's funny about you, I think, is for the most part, you're pretty much a fucking wreck. Like you throw all your shit all over your room. You're you have your own separate like office, which is basically just your closet. You have like 800 hoodies. You have all this fucking clothes. I'm living in like a closet that's like a fucking I'm not saying it's not my own fault, but I have like a state, like one of those Target things that you fucking build that's like $30 and you hang your clothes on it. I'm living in this very confined, like I've condensed my clothes down to hardly anything. You have an entire fucking room dedicated to your clothes. You have like, 80 rolls of Zins in there, which so do I, so I'm not knocking it, but it's basically just like your little fucking haven and you still don't have enough room. Like there's still clothes sitting on the couch in there. There's still clothes all over the floor, but then you jump on me for, you, you say that my bedroom's dirty when I have nothing to work with. I have no closet space. Like, so some of my clothes might be on the fucking floor. You have an entire fucking Room that is your closet and you still have clothes all over the fucking
0: place. For the record, that room is extremely clean right now other than my laundry basket that's in the middle with my clothes folded on it. Okay. That's it. Well, you threw most of the what, time, what, yes. What shit did you have sitting on the stairs? I almost tripped over you know, like a hat, a pair of shorts,
1: well, a fucking... The, yeah, so here, So you just pick and choose. Like, do you, you just get naked upstairs and
0: throw your shit down, the, like strewn it down the stairs? No, that's not what I do. The thing is, is when I get home... So you living downstairs has created an inhabitable area down there normally that's not inhabitable we stay upstairs until i go downstairs so and by the way
1: i'm built for the basement because it's so much cooler i fucking love it yeah, like it's cold ho- it's cold it's fucking horrible
0: my I, bedroom's probably like 62 degrees when i sleep i, in I get it. the shivers when i literally walk down there for five minutes <laughs> but no the thing is is when i take my clothes off or take my hat off or whatever it ends up being upstairs Instead of, like, walking it all the way downstairs and putting it in the laundry basket, I throw it down the stairs. And then when I make one trip, I just clean it all up. And so normally that's not an issue because I just close the door that goes downstairs and it's nobody sees it. It's gone. Okay. But when you're living down there and you get, you know, stuff's getting thrown down the stairs, I can understand where that's a little bit of an issue for you. Yeah. But my biggest issue, the towel thing aside, is... You, we have a very small sink with a very small vanity, va- vanity, whatever you want to call it, counter space. And today I go in the fucking bathroom, and you've got two hats hanging on the top of the sink. You've got your toothbrush over here on the, on the counter, which drives me insane. Fucking put your toothbrush in a little holder or something. Uh, you've got your toothpaste next to that, and then you've got your lotion next to that. Then you've got your deodorant over here on the right side. Then you've got your comb over there on the right side next. Literally the entire mini countertop is covered in your shit when it can all fit in one cup that I put for you right next to the mirror that no that is fair but okay you don't brush your teeth down
1: there you only fucking shower down there so what are you doing like and the other thing that you do fucking drives me insane is you shave your face and just let like you you clean it you like try to clean it but then it's still there's hair sitting in the sink and that's even fucking worse you might
0: as well just leave it all if you're not gonna get all of it just fucking leave it I'll just wash it down the sink oh. Well, the thing is, is normally when I shave, it's like a kind of an emergency. Like I'm fucking f- going fast. You like can I tell looking at your face. It's- My face looks great. You fucked up and shaved your goddamn face. And uh, look yeah. like Yeah. So <laughs> I don't want to hear it from you. I
1: always like to get the trimmer out after a few vodkas and then see where it uh-huh. takes me. And it just took me all the way home and then i was like shit i almost left just the goatee which looked even fucking worse so
0: i can't uh, i will never shave my face again even with my manscaped razor i will never clean shave again yeah it's i not work
1: 12 and i have three chins uh yeah i have 87 chins uh so i wasn't super stoked about that but sometimes you just need like a clean slate getting back to trimming i understand that it's an emergency but it's not that hard to fucking just take a kleenex wipe it out of there um
0: so is that it is that all you got yeah, you're you're really pretty good at cooking. He mopped the floor the other day. He swept the kitchen. Uh, he plays with our dogs, which is sick because we don't really have time. You didn't throw the ball for him. So- yeah, for oh yeah, absolutely, dude.
1: And that's another thing. I keep calling their son's name. their I keep getting the dog and the son confused, and I think you've done that also. We both called
0: Joker Sawyer and vice versa. Yeah, when I when my son is yelling, I yell Joker because immediately like when I get annoyed with someone yelling. I think it's my dog pissing me off.
1: Yeah. No. Well, and uh, we also uh, went and got Spencer a fire pit last week. So now he's, he's a big fire guy. We've been doing fires in the backyard making, uh, oh God, why, how, how is this slipping my mind right now? Making s'mores. S'mores are fire all the time. Um, and it, there's nothing better than just sitting out there with a cocktail and looking at the stars, listening to a good crackling campfire. So that's been fun. Um, I, there was one thing that I, that bugs me about you that I, uh, I can't remember. It'll come to me and I might just
0: board it out in the middle of everything else. But, uh, other than that, I think it's gone pretty well. Yeah. Living together as a couple of borderline 30 year old dudes with uh, two dogs and a baby is not a bad, <laughs> Yeah, it's not as bad as it would seem well, on the surface. One last thing, Spencer
1: doesn't like. He always talked about when he had a backyard, like when, he, when you guys were living in the high-rise condo, you're like, well, oh, I can't wait to have a backyard. Like, I can't wait to take care of it. Dude... I've mowed it more times than you have this summer, and I just fucking moved in two weeks ago. And you're like, well, it's just all weeds. Well, fuck it. And you're like, well, once we buy a place, you're always going to have excuses as to reasons not to take care of your lawn. It's a fucking conscious choice you have to make. You have to wake up and want to be a grown man, take care of that fucking lawn. Like you're at the gym and I'm mowing your lawn. There's something fucked up about that
0: yeah probably well it, like i said it's Bust out the air monarchs you're a fucking dad now it's the 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 conduciveness to mowing my lawn isn't like that that satisfied feeling you get from mowing a lawn where you like see the lines and there's grass and it's clean and it looks looks nice it's just spencer's like the ultimate and, and convenience renting. Renting. for him yeah i'm renting dude i'm not gonna like make my lawn look like overly nice i don't give a fuck it's not my house yeah why care why care about
1: the place that you live in i'm a visitor (laughs) yeah I'm a visitor for, in, for years in for the multiple
0: years. I don't care if anybody nobody can see it other than me.
1: But then all of a sudden you're about your fire pit and you're like, oh, this yard doesn't look good.
0: It's like, yeah, if you fucking went out there and threw the ball with your dog, you'd see how the yard looked. Well usually at the the fire pit's in the dark, so it's I can't see anything other than that's the, true. The fire Joker
1: left point. a bone on the stairs outside uh, going down the st- I was going down the stairs and I almost went ass over tea kettle and I f- I fucking chucked that bone into the weeds. I was like, this motherfucker is not seeing the light of day any longer. Uh, Joker just likes to leave his stuff in the most inopportune places. And the other thing with him is he walks in front of you when you're carrying things. Like, I'm fine with him walking behind me, but I've kicked him in the head, like, on accident so many times and just, like, accidentally swiped him when I'm, like, moving. I'm like, bro, you got to give me my personal space. He just doesn't understand that yet.
0: Yeah, he, no, he does not understand personal space. Uh, He's dealing with the whole, Crying kid. and yeah he's, no he's the not, yeah, he's no longer the main character. He's not. He he's, he's supporting a, cast. Yeah, he's, and uh, he's not a fucking fan of that. Exactly, supporting role here. um Should we talk about a little golf? Yeah, let's talk some golf. There's a lot to get to. Well, I want to talk about my golf real quick. Well, before we talk about your <laughs> golf, let's talk about what we've been eating at home, other than when you cook, and that's Factor Meal Kits. I'm like, this is sounds. Like, it's gonna. It's an ad read, obviously, but it's it's legit. I already ordered my like second box we got some boxes to try and i've already ordered it for the next couple of weeks moving forward the smoothies are awesome smoothies are fire shrimp creole was my jam the shrimp creole was great the pork chop was great the vegan mushroom marsala i i'm not a vegan um but i don't eat dairy eat or drink dairy so vegan things uh, i wish they i want to always order a vegan item on the menu at a restaurant but then add meat to it but that looks like the most contradictory thing in the world i love meat big meat guy not a big dairy guy so the vegan mushroom marsala was really good um yeah the smoothies i had one every single day um ordered that that's a little add-on pack you can get but is america's number one ready to eat meal kit can help you fuel up fast with flavorful and nutritious ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door it's super nice to have lunch every single day without having to make a sandwich or do something, you know, else other than... Um, the thing that sucks, my, our microwave is horrible at our house. We didn't even have a microwave. I stole it from the office. Um, <laughs> but our microwave says... It says two minutes. Ours takes like three. So I just put it in the oven. Um, it's It takes ten minutes in the oven. Um, and it's just like... It's so much easier to do that than make lunch every single day. And when you portion it out, like it seems like a lot when you buy a meal kit, you're like, oh, that's a lot of money. But then I go into Whole Foods and Amazon store and spend $100 on one meal or two meals that get me through like a Sunday and a Monday. Uh, So really like 100, 100 bucks a week or whatever it ends up being. Feels like a lot on the surface, but you have lunch every single day. You have a quick dinner. You can customize it, 8, 10, 12 meals. You can get the smoothies. There's a whole bunch of other stuff you can get. Um, so make sure you're checking out factor. They have grilled steakhouse, filet mignon, green goddess chicken, bruschetta shrimp, risotto, all ready in just two minutes. Allows you to, and there's a lot of different things you can choose as well. There's keto, there's calorie smart, there's vegan, like I talked about, protein, um, and there's they even have breakfast too. They have bacon and cheddar egg bites, potato, breaking uh breakfast, burritos, <laughs> Jesus. Breaking breakfast. Um, and you basically it's just like it factors not only like I used to have a meal kit uh, that's not even a thing. I think it actually turned into Factor, ironically. Um, and I got off the meal kit game, but now I am fully back on the meal kit gang. So make sure you use code DNVR fifty, and you're getting fifty percent off your first box. And I promise you, no matter how much you have to pay going forward, you're gonna you're gonna keep getting Factor. It's 100%. I,
1: well, and especially now when I go to Whole Foods, it's $100 for a bag of groceries. Like whatever you're, you're spending on factor is much more efficient and costing much less than cooking yourself if i'm be, i enjoy cooking myself and i still like factor just because it's it just makes sense it's just so much easier
0: yeah like cooking for yourself is a good dinner item and factor is good for dinner if you get enough meals but like lunch every single day it's just, just something quick up, boom, yeah and it's healthy it's good for you it, it's fresh never frozen you know it's It's awesome it's just it's great and of course what do we wash our factor down with is a little breckenridge distillery breck (laughs) bourbon the official bourbon of the denver broncos i was at denver broncos camp today um and all i could think about was how i needed a breck bourbon the entire time it's the world's highest distillery founded in 2008 and they're widely known for their blended bourbon whiskey high rye mash and american style whiskey and it's one of them it's Breckenridge bourbon is one of the most highly awarded craft bourbons in the entire United States. They've had, they have three X icons of whiskey and nine time winner of the best American blended whiskey at the world whiskey awards. My favorite is just the rum cask. I like the white like lid. I don't know. I'm a big, <laughs> my alcohol dr- consumption a lot of the times is fueled by what a bottle looks like and what and that gets me there it has to taste good which breck bourbon does but the rum cask finished bourbon is by far my favorite and they've also got ricky cocktails uh now the canned cocktails are just like all the rage i was thinking the other day like when we when we started drinking canned cocktails and like truly's and white claws and all those were a thing-ish but not really And like When we were 15, 16, there was no such thing as any of these canned cocktails. You had to mix your own drink. You had to go into your parents' fucking liquor cabinet, pour some out, and mix it with a Coke or Diet Coke or whatever you're drinking. But uh, canned cocktails are the way to go. We're going to have those at all our Broncos tailgates this year, along with the Breck bourbon, out of the liquor stick from Pins and Aces. So make sure to check out... BreckenridgeDistillery.com. breckenridge distillery although a colorado product is available in all 50 states you can get home delivery of award-winning breckenridge spirits at b-r-e-c-k-e-n-r-i-d-g-e distillery.com all right golf talk golf talk the 3m
1: open another turd of a finish who like lee hodges
0: it's he's an out so he's an Alabama guy. That was about Nick his. Saban called him. Oh, okay. And Nick Saban called him after the win and he said he was more nervous talking to Nick Saban than he was in the entire golf tournament. Wow, that's
1: pretty crazy. I feel like the Nick Saban would have a pretty good relationship with the golf team. Um, considering he gives me Nick Sabin gives me like big off season golf vibes. Like he's got that uh what's that hat? Kind of the cowboy ish, like not cowboy hat, but the the brimmed like you know that golf hat that old dudes wear? Oh uh, yeah, like the soaker kind of. Yeah, 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 exactly. That I can see him. Hat? I
0: don't know what to call
2: it. Yeah,
1: it's like a straw straw hat, kind of shaped like a cowboy hat. I could just see Nick Saban out in Tuscaloosa in like April, April or May, just playing thirty six a day. I feel like that's kind of his jam. So I'm surprised Lee Hodges didn't meet the guy while he was at Alabama. But uh, it's really no surprise because Lee Hodges being an Alabama product, they just keep putting out winners, you know, they've had so many guys that have been on tour and it was kind of like a out of nowhere type of thing, but I feel like he's kind of been building up for this uh, to get to this point. And it kind of goes back to what we were talking about after the British open is even these tournaments, uh, if I would have told you, Lee Hodges won by seven um, before this tournament started, you'd be like, who the fuck's that guy? You know, like they're, it's just going to show you week in week out that anybody can win every single week. And it makes it that much harder to bet on golf. Like we've talked about. So uh, I've been in the fucking weeds. <laughs> I've been terrible at betting golf and we, I barely snuck out a top, a uh, dead heat top 10 against, or not against uh, with Emiliano Grillo. Uh You got a top 10, I Cam Davis. In,
0: top 10 in there, Cam Davis. We also had, a heartbreak of a two missed a two Garrett Higo missed a two footer which was plus 600 to top 10 um which he was t8 at the time but Man, it was plus just, 800 to no, top was plus six. six Oh, okay Damn. uh but it was an absolute birdie fest at uh at the TPC Twin Cities and didn't that course look like
1: I actually like the looks of the course but even we were watching and Kylie goes that just looks like the most like suburban golf course and it really like nothing was too exciting about it by any means um, it was, I actually watched more of the golf this week than I had, like just for any other plain, you know, kind of run of the mill, um, PGA tour event that wasn't a major. Uh, and it was fun for the first few days when everybody was pretty bunched up because there's so many guys, uh, stacked near the top, but then freaking dude just separated himself and never looked back. And it was kind of, he. there was a shot on the, the front nine on Sunday, I think it was like number six was the par five and he was playing with JT Poston and I think Poston started five shots back of him and so Poston hits first and hits it to like he they're hitting their second shots on the par five he hits it to like 30 feet and then um he steps up and hits it to six feet And so dude makes eagle, Poston makes birdie. And then so Poston's like, I can't gain any shots. And you could kind of see Poston starting to like press and get frustrated and he wasn't making putts. But when you're trying to come back from five shots, you know, that's a fucking
0: huge deficit on the PGA Tour. So Yeah, Lee Hodges just put on a clinic there. And it's not that I didn't like the golf course or the tournament, but ironically, the Open Championship finished somewhat the same way. But Brian Harman was just that good, I think, that week. That that kind of trumps all when a player's just that locked in. And not saying Lee Hodges wasn't shooting 24 under, but when the the under par gets so out of hand that like a guy could have shot 60 guy could have made the cut on the number and shot 64, 64 on uh Saturday, Sunday, and not even sniffed the top ten. Yeah. I think that's actually exactly correct. Like he would have been 14 or 15 under which was barely in the top 10 after you know and not saying somebody did or didn't do that but th- when the birdies get so out of hand and the guys get so low under par it, it makes not necessarily hard to watch when you got guys that are close but when it's you you never expected Lee Hodges to just start making bogeys yeah like that was a course that nobody comes like once you're there once you're at 20 21 22 I mean he shot 4 under on Sunday and it was pretty clinical and he made a few bogeys but it's not a course or or a tournament that just lends itself to allow any comebacks. And ironically, Tony Finau came back from five last year and won it, but it was Scott Piercy. I mean, it's a guy pissing that, down his yeah, leg. Yeah, it's just a guy that was just an all time collapse. collapse But no, shout out to Lee Hodges, big big time win. He started the year um or started these the tournament outside of the top 70 for the FedEx Cup playoffs. No, he's 33rd. Firm, yeah, firmly inside that now. Got a win on his, to his name. Dude, he only has three uh, career top 10s on the PGA Tour. That's crazy. Like, so that's he, like... And
1: he's played 65 events. So it's not like, I mean, he's had basically, what is that, two full seasons and he has three top 10s and then he comes out of nowhere and wins by seven. Like, that shit's just insane. That, that just goes to show you that any of these guys that get hot – can just boat race the entire field and come out of nowhere. Like, do we know what his odds were to win last week? Probably. Like, I, I can probably find that though. Probably something. I'm a, let's take. Let's guess before we look it up. I bet he was plus sixty five hundred.
0: I bet he was plus ten thousand. Okay, that's even. That's even bigger. Um. Let me see here. Hideki Matsuyama was the favorite to win it at twelve to one. Yeah, that wasn't that didn't go very well. Well, he shot seven under the first day. No, he, he's he had thought, some like, decent
1: finishes, but he's just not where he was. Like it feels like he's a little bit over the hill. Um after you know, I feel like he peaked when he won the Masters and it's I wouldn't say it's all been downhill from there, but he was eighty to one. So which, plus eight thousand. Yeah.
0: This is God yeah. bless America. I know. We've almost had a hundred to one winner already. But see, then I feel like we throw him on the card and you,
1: we just get ridiculed. Like that's it. You know, wh- who's going to pick fucking Lee Hodges of all people. It's, there's no, there's no connection. He's not Minnesota there. There's really no rhyme or reason for him. Just averaging a 65 for the week. So the dude is just a, uh, just super high level talent, obviously, uh, nobody can shoot 24 under. And actually, real quick on that topic, let's talk about the Corn Ferry Tour event that was this weekend in Chicago. Because our guy Vince India shot 14 or 16 under for four days and finished f- uh, what? Not even inside T- the top 21. Fin- T21. That you got to shoot six. What? That is fucking insane. And I understand that that course wasn't very hard, but to shoot 16 under for four days and hardly crack the top 25 is disgusting. Like there's weeks where I honestly feel like the PGA tour is more competitive or I'm sorry, the corn fairy tour is more competitive than the PGA tour because all those dudes are so fucking hungry. Like not every single dude on the PGA tour is that hungry. Every dude on the corn fairy tour is that hungry to get to the PGA tour. So it, it honestly just feels like a different level of competition out there. And those guys just make birdies like they're fucking water. It's disgusting.
0: Yeah. So, uh, Trace Crow ended up winning the, uh, it was the NV5 Invitational at the Glen Club in Glenview, Illinois. Uh, he shot 25 under, 66, 64, 63, 66. Uh, he beat Patrick Fishburn in a playoff. And Ryan McCormick, let's talk about him a little bit. So Ryan McCormick finished third, uh, 24 under. He shot 60 the first day, uh, 69, 65, and 66. Like, you shoot a 60 in an event, don't shoot in the 70s, and you don't even win. Yeah. It's absurd, the talent and the amount of just deep, how deep, Yeah, man. like deeper than the ocean these guys are fucking going on the on the corn tree <laughs> tour. But Ryan McCormick almost had to DQ himself because he only had one golf ball of a certain kind left in his golf bag, and he teed off with it on 10, and, you know, the rules of golf. If they, it's a, I think a local, it's a local rule. No, it's a, is it a tour rule? It's a tour rule. Like, it's not, you know. Well,
1: even at your local, like, USGA qualifiers, they can um, put it in play. Like, it's not a, it's not a standard For every single tournament to do that, but it is the dumbest rule in the fucking universe. For those of you who don't know what the one ball rule is, it means you cannot play any other ball than what you tee off with. If you lose that ball, you have to have the exact same ball to, not the exact same number, but you have to have the exact same type of ball throughout your entire round. Otherwise, you're you're disqualified. So... You can't play any other brand, even if you lose twelve of the same ball that you have in your bag, your hose. And it just doesn't make any sense. Like, could you ever is there any reason why that would make sense to you?
0: No. And it's I guess it's a matter of like I think it's just one of those rules in golf that's just so old. They're like they don't see the reason to change it. But I think you know, and everybody makes mistakes. And of course, McCormick didn't plan for that. It is kind of wild to have like one of a certain ball in your bag, and then like I think literally he showed it on a video, and it was like the arrow was different. That's it. No shit. But I, I it makes no sense. The rule in general is dumb. Well, and even
1: think about it like this: a lot of some of those, like say, a Monday qualifier, at the Corn Fairy Tour, he probably doesn't have a ball deal. Like these dudes are legit not finding balls, but they're playing with whatever they got, you know, a lot of them, you know, they want to play a certain ball and they try to most of the time, but everybody's had those times where they just flat out don't have it or they, they don't have it on the course. And then they don't have, you know, they bring five, six balls with them and it's a fucking rough day. Like you're going to run out of those balls eventually. So that it's just so ridiculous that they, they still enforce that to this day, but it also, it feels like a very PG tour thing, but, there's like definitely a separation. Like If you get to the Canadian tour, there's no way they can do that. Those dudes are probably finding, if they find a Pro V1 that looks nice on the driving range, they're picking it up and putting these dudes, like a lot of people don't understand these guys' budgets are fucking minute, not minuscule, but they don't have $50 a dozen because they're going through probably a dozen a week you know, that's an extra 50 bucks a week. You play in 12 events, that's $600 just in golf balls. And that's if you're not losing a bunch of balls. Like yeah, you have a rough season, you're a thousand dollars deep just in golf balls. So it it's just a little bit ridiculous at this point. And it, it makes no sense unless you're playing the exact same ball as somebody in your group, or they're trying to differentiate it like that. But overall thank god that dude didn't lose a ball because for him to be in contention like he was and possibly be dq'd because he didn't have
0: the same ball on him is just fucking ridiculous to me well yeah i can't imagine the the nerves and the feeling you're already like you know he's on the corn fairy tour so he's working up to get to the pga tour and trying to become in the top 30 at the end of the year to get that tour card for the next year and then you all of a sudden see that, like, the pressure that had to have mounted, I would have been fucking bunting my, like, I would have hit, like, five iron punches the rest of the round Yeah. to make sure I just finished the round because he shot 60 the first day. Like, it's not like he, the dude's maybe making the cut. At that point, you're like, fuck it, I'm going to, you know, send it. No, and- like,
1: even a $30,000, $40,000 check could mean this dude can keep going for another three, four months, you know? So it, it's a huge difference. Like, that could have literally, like, make made or broke his his potential golf career
0: <laughs> like yeah and i i i have actually give a shout out to him for being so honest about it yeah like i, I could understand if it was literally like a titleist pro v1 versus a a tailor-made tp5x like that part you can't really you know I, nobody if somebody would have found out obviously they would have you know could have called him on it and and fucked him yeah but the fact that he like said something about it and knew that's honestly beyond me. I don't pay enough attention in general, but like if I had a pro V1, two different pro V1s in my bag, I wouldn't think any different if I hit one in the water and pulled out another one and started, you know what I mean? Like it would be way, it was extremely like very golf etiquette, you know, fine print bullshit. Yeah. That he was aware of and Mm -hmm. and just was like straight up about, I, I, I'm not saying I'm a liar, but like I, I would have fucking not said anything about that for sure.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't have either. I there's definitely harder ways to cheat in golf than just playing a different ball and saying that was the ball you've you've had the whole time.
0: Yeah, like you can you
1: you could change your score on your scorecard. Spe- yes. Yeah, <laughs> speaking of that, you could flat out fucking erase your score on a scorecard and then sign it and then pretend
0: like it never happened. It, that is. This has got to be one of the most insane stories uh, we've seen in golf. Like this week in golf the tournaments themselves were super fucking lame but the 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 stuff that happened around these tournaments is absolutely absurd so justin Dodden, um he on after on uh he confessed on monday that he cheated at tour canada's ottawa open so this is from tour canada dj tour canada yeah, PGA Tour Canada. This is from Golf Week. So if I'm quoting anything, that's where it's from. Well, and it
1: originally came from Monday Q Info because he does a lot. For those of you who don't know who Monday Q Info is, on Twitter, he's basically like the mini tour guy that has all the connections. He's basically got everybody's contact info. They all reach out to him with a story. So he, I think he kind of broke this story he, because actually, he had
0: players reach out to him. They actually give him credit. So I'm going to okay. go to his article now. Uh, MondayQ.com. Uh, erase the memory is, is the title of this article. Um, and so I'll just read the you know the first excerpt from it. So two players were having lunch after the second round of the PGA Tour Canada event in Ottawa on Friday when they noticed Justin Doden was listed at three under on the leaderboard. One of the players had played with Doden and watched him make a seven on the par five home hole to finish one under, a shot off what would become the cut line. The players notified the rules officials of their concern, assuming it was a live scoring issue. Not unusual on a developmental grind. The officials pulled Dolden's card and noticed that the 7 he had made on 18 had been erased and placed with a 5. Doden, a 28-year-old who played collegiately in Minnesota, turned pro in 2018 and has played one PGA Tour and one Corn Fairy Tour event. Spent most of his career on the Canadian Tour having played 43 events there. He has two third-place finishes. Before Ottawa, he had played two events this year, missing the cut in both. He also played the Latino America Tour, losing in a playoff at the Tour Championship and finished 16th in points. So, this guy is desperate. Clearly, like clearly, the dude is is panicking. He
1: his his golf career is on a life. It's it's on oxygen right now. Like he is probably running out of money. Um, And honestly, you kind of feel bad for somebody that's in a position like that. That they feel that desperate to make the cut. And it's it is such a butterfly effect because think if. They don't notice that, and he gets through, and then he, like, makes a run this weekend, and two years from now, he's on the PGA Tour. Like, that is the craziest shit, and that's the thing with golf is everybody knows if you play golf, you know how one round can be flipped by one shot. Or one week can be flipped by one good round, and then a good week becomes a good year, and then a good year becomes a a career. You know what I mean? So these guys, like, they're looking for literally anything. They're looking for anything to catapult them into that next level. Like Tony Finau, I always go back to his example, but you watch the dude go from strictly basically mini-tour golf to the PJ Tour in three years. He went... Got his PJ Tour Canada card, uh, finished top 30 there, got his Corn Ferry Tour f- card, finished top 25 there, got his PJ Tour card, and now he's made what 20, 25, 30 million dollars on the PJ Tour. So it, it is crazy just the fine line that is between the guy you see grinding on the range at, at your home course that you know, you're like, are you really a pro? And the, and the dude that's out there making millions of dollars on the PGA Tour. So I, I do feel bad for the guy. Um, and it really is just sad when somebody feels like they need to stoop to that level of of cheating in order to compete, especially at the pro level. Like, we watch plenty of people cheat in high school. Uh, if you're not cheating, you're
0: not trying. <laughs> oh, I cheated in almost every high school that i played. <laughs> yeah well the only it, event i didn't cheat in was my pat because i would have felt like a fucking rock pile of shit if i would have passed my pat there's probably people cheating. that do cheat during the pat for sure oh 100 if you're if you're playing golf on a non-pga tour non-really professional level there's half the fields probably cheating in some way or another yeah and let's let's get into this let's talk about the proper way to fucking cheat okay okay <laughs> And I don't I don't necessarily know the proper way to cheat. Maybe fucking fluffing your lie in the rough, uh, pocket ball, random. You know, finding a ball that's not yours. Yeah. That's in the shit. You know, you don't have spotters. Um. But the the improper way to cheat is to fucking change the last score of a hole with a goddamn eraser. When you made double. When you made a double, like that's not in the same round. Yeah. Like, if I guarantee you made a twelve, you- and you change it to a ten. Nobody gives a fuck. I did that all the time. You know, I did that all the time in high school. Oh, double par, whatever fucking.
1: Have you seen that video on social media? I told you about it, the, the mental health triple, where it's like you make a 10, you change it to an 8. It's for your own mental health. Like, you're just, you're like, I can't write 10 down. But nobody gives a fuck if you're making a 10 on a par 5, whatever. You, you should be protecting the field, but, you know, if it's between... Th- you're not playing for money and it's between 40th place and 37th place, then who really gives a shit? But, yeah, why does he not, like, change to maybe, like, uh you know, one of the scores on, like, the fourth hole, drop a stroke there, and then a score on, like, the 15th hole or the, you know, like, mix it up. I guarantee you these guys aren't going through the entire scorecard. But you literally play the last hole, you make double, and you change it to a par. Like, your playing partners are going to remember that. So definitely uh, even bad at cheating. You miss the cut and you fucking suck at cheating. You can't even do
0: that right. Yeah, th- it's just, I. it's mind-blowing to me. Yeah, Like, going from a 7 to a 5 is not realistic on a par 5. No. Going to a 7 to a 5 on a par 3, maybe you can get away with that. You know, maybe it's like, all right, you know. That's a hit. circle double, brother. You yeah. just slap a <laughs> yeah. 6 on that yeah, exactly. But keep I, going. I just can't fathom, like what was going through that dude's mind. I, I get it and like the pressure. I've never probably felt that kind of pressure in golf. Um, to feel the need to do that. You know, you're when you're fucking sixteen and you don't want to shoot eighty, you fucking <laughs> shave one off at the end to shoot the 79 and get fucking twelfth place. I've never done that. But you know, I, I would imagine somebody's done that before. Yeah. But in a fucking sure. PGA tour event where it's your job and and I think one of the biggest things about cheating in golf is like the you have to protect the field it's not about like you know some people are overly assholes about the rules of golf and that's a whole kind of different scenario but the overarching rule in golf is like you have to you're not doing that like you may be out of it let's say you're playing with a player that's you know 10 under par and going into the cut or going in the last day and you're now all of a sudden four under you've made four bogeys you're keeping an eye on that dude. The, the reason you don't play golf by yourself and there's cameras and there's rules officials is because you have to protect the other guys. Yeah. Because some other guy that could be changing his life by winning that tournament could be fucked because this guy is doesn't decide that he wants to fucking erase a seven. Yeah. Oh, you know? absolutely. Like it's somebody a- could have missed the cut. He could have changed the cut line. Yeah. You know, one player can change the entire cut line mm-hmm. and, and make 20 guys miss the cut. And that go and that snowballs into who knows. Yeah. You know, but that's like, exactly I just, right. I like, can't believe the cheating was that deliberate and that dumb.
1: Well, like, it, it, yeah. And the shitty thing is, is nobody's ever heard this dude's name. And they're always going, even if he were to make it on tour and win on tour, he would still have that blemish like on his career because that was the first thing anybody's ever heard about him. So basically he risked it all for to try to make that cut and he did not uh, succeed. So he's like in the ultimate shitter right now. I bet he wants to crawl on a hole and never come back out of it and you got to know that any of his playing partners because that shit gets around on like mini tours and shit a lot of guys like hang in the same groups you know they carpool they stay in hotel rooms like if you get a bad rap out there uh everybody's gonna know about it and everybody's gonna like either talk shit to you or not want to play with you or you know just be a general asshole to you which you probably deserve at that point but it's just such a, a poor decision on his part. And he, he did come out and apologize, which I commend him for. But what else cracks me up too is like when in his apology statement, he was like, that's not who I am. I'm better than that. You fucking did it, dude. It is who you are. Like you, you do something, that is who you are. Like it's similar to, I don't want to go super crazy here, but like cheating in a relationship. Like you get cheated on and they say that's not who you are. That is who you are. Like, for him to just be like, that's not who I am, that's, I think that's total horseshit. He just got caught. If you, kn- he wouldn't come out and apologize for cheating if he hadn't gotten caught. Yeah.
0: Do you think like, yeah, do you think like if he ends up making the cut, like it would have, he would have just moved on with his day? Oh, and, like, absolutely. When you like, said a fucking word. Yeah. I, I don't, dude, it's fucking, it's insane. Yeah. It's like, just, it's just your, uh, can you sleep with
1: yourself at night? You know what I mean? That's, can you sleep with, Live with
0: yourself. Well, can yes,
1: but can can you you sleep with yourself?
0: I think everybody does that every night.
1: Well, but can you fucking have that weighing on you and still sleep? Like, fuck off. Yeah, but
0: it it is unfortunate. And now, like this dude is famous for literally every wrong reason. Yes, that's what I'm saying. The worst part. That's all he's gonna ever be known for.
1: Like, he'll probably go to fucking try to sell car insurance after this, and they'll be like, "Are you the dude that just cheated on the PGA Tour Canada?" like this is like national
0: media shit are you so. gonna try to erase my current car price and and yeah make are you it gonna jack, are you gonna jack up you gonna jack up my fucking deductibles like what what's what do we got going here so yeah it's a fucking wild scenario um before we move on to a couple of golf video or golf course videos that we saw from the weekend of kids fucking destroying the screen I want to tell you guys about uh, Burrito Express. If you're down in Arizona, Burrito Express has the best burritos in the world. Uh, their breakfast burrito with the steak, potatoes. P- not enough people put potatoes on uh, breakfast burritos, and it's like a has to happen type of thing for me. You know, I'm a, a breakfast burrito with just like some eggs and, and bacon and some cheese, which I don't do cheese, so for me it's just like eggs and bacon. Not enough, but if you add the potatoes to the breakfast burrito, it makes it – it's it's peak essentially so if you're down in the arizona area and uh, you have to try burrito express get there for a breakfast burrito we stop there every single time we go down to az our first stop from the airport is burrito express um and their breakfast burritos are just phenomenal we have them at our tournament we're going to have them at every single ph uh golf tournament that we do down there in the scottsdale phoenix area so make sure you're checking out burrito express their tempe location is right by the college Um, It's a great place to get breakfast burrito, lunch burrito, dinner burrito, late night drunk burrito. That's the best one of them all. Um, So make sure to check them out. Burrito Express as well as our friends over at Bet365. We are going to place bets this week and we do every single week for each PGA Tour event. Sometimes we dabble in some other events. Um, But we've got bets coming up this week for the Wyndham Championship, which is at Sedgefield Country Club um it's a the last event before the playoffs 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 we have pga tour playoffs next week so there's a lot of guys that are in and out or right around the top 70 uh lee hodges no longer has to worry about being a part of the playoffs but guys like justin thomas and um aaron badley's fighting for his spot he was he was close to the top of the leaderboard this past weekend at 3m open but uh bet 365 is the place where we place all of our bets It's super easy to bet golf on Bet365 because you can just search for a player's name uh, and then you go to that player and it gives you every single bet that you could ever imagine for said player. Um, They have over 80 million users worldwide and they stream 780,000 events every single year. So you can log on live bet and then go and watch whatever event on the app that you're betting on. One of the coolest features of all time and they constantly have profit boosts. We uh, are getting profit boosts every week on one of the golfers. I think their profit boost this week in the in the uh, Wyndham Championship is Justin Thomas plus five. I actually 000.
1: bet that you did. I bet Justin Thomas uh, to top. I think he needs to finish 18th in uh, this week's event to get in the top 70 or better. And so they actually have a bet if he'll finish better than 18th and get into the FedEx Cup. Dude, he is bad.
0: He's had a fucking it's, rough year. Is, has there been a collapse like this? Well, before we get into that, let's fucking... <laughs> finish this. Yeah, we'll finish this. Wrap but, it up. Uh, so use our code DNVR365. When you sign up, please gamble responsibly. If you know someone has a gambling problem and wants help, call or text 1-800-GAMBLER. Bet365 is by far the best app, the best interface um, that we've used. I was super stoked to sign up. We also throw in bonus bets each week. So you, when you sign up with that code DNVR365, you get two hundred dollars in bonus bets. We place those. Uh, we place one of those each week on whatever we decide. Usually plus eight hundred or more in that range to get us um, a free, you know, free units. We want those free units. We're currently up, I think, fifteen something on the year. Uh, We were up close to 40 at one point but had a couple of rough weeks and have guys fighting to get in the top 10, but I've considered just betting guys top 20 because it feels easier and it's not as crazy of odds, but it's also more of a rush. I've never gotten so mad as betting golf and, like, tweeting out our picks and putting out our big bet energy each week as I do. Like I'm, like, berating some guy that's a million times better than (laughs) me because we're betting on it. Um, But do you want to log in real quick to the Bet365 and give us your three picks for the uh, three or the Wyndham Open or the Windham Championship, excuse me, at Sedgefield Country Club. Today. Okay, we doing this now. We're doing it right now. I'll start with mine. Uh, my three players this week are JT Poston, Siwoo Kim, and Kevin Streelman. So all three. Siwoo uh, Kim is plus eighteen hundred to win it. JT Poston is log in here. Just, oh, uh, this is good. Siwakim is plus 1,800. JT Poston is plus 2,800. And then Kevin streelman's all the way down at plus 8,000 to win. Strelman's had
1: a good week last
0: week. Yeah, great week last week. And all uh, Streelman and Poston are my guys that are... In, in the category of like playing good golf right now, just dialed. Both yeah. of those guys are dialed in after last week. I feel and like you just like Siwoo Kim. You just like, like to bet Siwoo Kim. Kim has had a, he's won here at Sedgefield before, like okay. f- 2019 or way, kind of long ago. Um, and then he's had like a bunch of top 10s. So Siwoo Kim is a horse for a course. He's not like necessarily like burning it up right now, but I feel like he's the guy that's always there on Friday, Friday or Saturday. Um, and then he ends up being not, you know, not essentially winning events. He hasn't won an event in a while. but Just can't finish. I, I don't love that he's plus 1,800 and one of the favorites. It seems like betting the favorites in golf, even if, you know, it's not the Scotty Schefflers at plus 700 is not great. But I'm rolling with Siwoo Kim, JT Poston, and Kevin Shreelman this week.
1: I like that. Okay, perfect. Um, so I am rolling with Denny McCarthy, Shane Lowry, and Bo Hostler. So Denny McCarthy to win is plus 2,500, top 10, plus 320. This dude just is kind of built for Sedgefield. It's a great setup for him. He putts it well. He drives it well. Hits it pretty fucking straight. Still hasn't gotten that W on the PGA Tour, so I think this could be his week. Uh, Shane Lowry is on the outside looking in of the top 70 to get into the playoffs, and he just feels like that guy that should be there. He's better than where he's at right now. Um, So I think he gets in. Uh, into the playoffs, into the top 70. But he is plus 375 to top 10 and plus 3,000 to win it. And then Bo Hostler, uh, he's played well here at Sedgefield, and he's also playing good golf right now. Uh, he's had a couple of top fives in the last few weeks. So he's got it rolling. He's plus 5,000
0: to win, plus 550 top 10. Love that. I I think we got a winner in there. I know we say that every week, but um, I think that this is a fun week because a lot of guys have their backs against the wall and they have to, you know, it's kind of a make or or break week, win or go home, all the, you know, classic cliches, but a lot of guys are not going to make the playoffs next week and, and there's guys that are flirting around the 70, 80, 90 range that probably shouldn't be but they just haven't had the best year on the tour. And the crazy thing is once you get in the top 70, if you win one or, you know, get yourself high enough to make it to the next couple of tour events and then win the tour championship, you can all of a sudden win the FedEx Cup, 10 plus million dollars. There's so many things that go into it. And FedEx Cup is one of those things where it's not always your Scotty Scheffler's winning it. You know, it seems like majors are always filled with, you know, oh, that guy, you know, we have your one-offs, you know, every year or whatever. The Brian Harmon's kind of a one-off this year. But the the tour championship can really be a one off. We've had guys like, you know, Patrick Cantlay win it, and not saying he's not a good player, but he's not like your dominant. Oh my God, this guy's won so many events. Um, so the FedEx Cup playoffs are always fun, and make sure you're betting on the FedEx Cup playoffs with Bet Three Six Five. All right, the video of the kids destroying the green. I don't think so. They- they're
1: on ATVs and and dirt bikes. For those of you who didn't see,
0: yeah, what like it's. This, it sounds like such old man yelling at clouds, but it's so, that shit's so frustrating. The amount of damage that causes and the amount of people that pisses off goes much further than like doing that in someone's backyard.
1: Yeah, that shit makes my blood boil watching that because, first of all, the dude's videotaping it, not even like trying to do anything. And it's not necessarily his problem. You don't know if somebody's going to try to run you over with a fucking ATV or what, but uh, just the entire situation. I actually saw this happening during covid in england when a lot of the golf courses were shut down people started taking their dirt bikes out on golf courses causing thousands and thousands of dollars worth of damage um and i think the biggest group of people that really get lost in the golf industry are the superintendents that take care of the golf course and and make it great for everybody every day and i would equate Uh, being a superintendent to golf almost to like being an offensive lineman when you do your job you're just a good job is expected of you and the only time you get bitched out or somebody wants to talk to you is when uh they want to say something shitty to you do you know what i mean like they get no they really get no accolades they they get forgotten and at the end of the day they're the people that make like the golf industry go round. Yeah, they so, get
0: motherfucked when the pins are bad. Yeah. But nobody, like, when the course is great, everybody's just like, that's nobody it should be.
1: Yeah, exactly. Nobody's up there thanking, oh, thank you to
0: the superintendent.
1: Like, I feel like they get forgot. And shit like this that you got to deal with on a day-in, day-out basis is what um, will want to make you fucking retire. Because I would walk up to that green and be like, I'm out. Like, it's probably just sh- torn to shreds. And I would like to see those people possibly go to jail i jail time i think throw them in fucking jail were they did did it ever come out like were they kids or anything they did i I don't even know if they found him yet i haven't followed up on it i just saw the video and yeah the the general
0: outrage on on twitter yeah i think just the fact that oh either way just an absolutely heinous act by those kids adults jail time is needed yeah they um, need to learn their lesson. Let's uh, real quick, couple special shout outs. First of all, Tiger Woods is now on the PGA Tour board. I had one question for you on this. Let's see, what is it? His official title. He is um he's just joining the PGA Tour policy board. Do you think uh he's a player director? Do you think that like, yes, Tiger Woods has maybe the loudest if you will voice in golf but do you think that actually matters to do you think his lack of experience being a lower level tour player which is kind of what this is about like it's you know it's about all the players and now with the, the merger a lot of the high level guys the roms the macroys that stayed are are you know inevitably kind of mad um that they're not getting paid or they they could have made the jump the whole time but I don't think, to me, Tiger's voice is, you know, you can't get bigger, but it doesn't resonate with the Lee Hodges up until this week. The, yeah. You know, the guys that aren't winning that are trying to fight for certain things each week. Like, Tiger doesn't know that life. He was the, the superstar from the second he stepped on the scene.
1: See, but I, I think if you look at it in a different way, like, I think that the, he's got a very power, powerful voice to go up above him. And I think it's a voice—I think the most important part is it's a voice that— all the players trust like he his voice carries more weight than anybody else's on the pga tour like we said but it's a it's a dude that's been there he's been out on tour he's not some lawyer financial dude jay monahan guy like he's been out there he's the greatest golfer of all time arguably so i think it's it's it goes a long ways into just earning the players trust back like this guy is going to advocate for you the player that's where I think he really comes into play across, you know, if you're a lower level guy, if you're a superstar, anywhere in between, I think he's got the player's best interest in mind, which clearly has not been the case the last few months after all this information has come out. So I think it's almost like kind of a, I wouldn't call it a cover-up, like a, like putting a Band-Aid on it. Like that's what Tiger is to uh, kind of to the PGA Tour earning the trust of, of players back.
0: Yeah no I, I do think that Ty, if if anything can get changed it's with Tiger Woods. Yeah, right. Uh I just worry about the players that are like well what the fuck he's never never grinded is not the right term tiger grind his ass off but he was just always yeah. better than everyone he else. doesn't quite understand the plight of the the mini tour pro it, like, it, exactly exactly yeah, uh, totally. another another shout out we'll give to uh eric van ruyen's caddy alex gogert, gogert bobon marjanovic he looks like bobon um he <laughs> monday if you guys didn't see this he monday qualified for the 3m he was supposed to be on the bag for eric van ruyen uh, he ended up Monday qualifying, and they put him together the first two days, which was a dope move by the PGA Tour. Yeah, very cool. Um, of course, it it showed. It played like uh, Rip Van Ruin made the cut, and Gogger was like seven or eight over at some point. Like, But he was also playing in untied shoes, which might be the most insane thing I've ever seen. I've actually seen uh, some people like
1: to have their feet like be able to move around in their shoes. We actually had this conversation the other day because um, you are you a soft spike guy or are you a hard spike guy
0: I'm a soft spike guy
1: so am I I'm I'm spikeless actually I I like to feel my feet be able to shift a little bit it depends on the conditions though obviously if you're playing in wet rainy conditions you're not going to be wearing something that makes you feel like you're going to slip uh, but yeah I, I've seen it handful of dudes do that none of them uh, that are remotely close to professional golfers. So definitely the first professional golfer I've seen do that. The other thing that was funny is when I was watching their group, I caught uh, what's his name? I already forgot it. Alex Gogger. A- I caught Alex uh, grabbing the flag a few times. Like oh, really? he-, he reverted back to caddying. Like I think he tend he may have tended it once or twice for Van Royen. So he- I think he kind of re- re- diverted back to. Um, caddying as opposed to playing so uh credit to that dude like there is a lot of caddies out there that have a lot of game and that's somebody you, you really do want on the bag you know they're capable of of going out and doing it themselves on the golf course so pretty cool for him man and obviously he he made less money uh he probably lost money if we're being honest uh qualifying for that tour event so shout out to him though it's always always awesome just those little stories and to be able to play side by side with the guy you're
0: on the bag for is badass yeah and it's been like a four-year period where they've been together and also just um that gives i think not that um van Ruin needed it but that definitely gives his caddy a lot more like swag and like his caddy going into other events is like, Oh, absolutely. You know, he can play on the tour. He gives him some tree, street cred. Yeah. yeah. And I wonder what the caddy situation turned into for both of them. You know, once, yeah. uh, Gogger, uh, qualified, I wonder if who he got is They're as like, we need two caddies. Yeah. Now. <laughs> like now we need to find two caddies. Yeah. So that was an interesting situation. Um, all right, before we wrap this pod up, we're going to do a little segment of Fairway or Four. We're bringing it back. Uh, we need to get back to these. It's going to be these a staple good. on the pod. It's not usually golf-related at all. Uh, do you want to start, or do you want me to start with my I, Fairway or I Four? I can start. So, it? your mic on? Yes. You, you all, yes.
1: Okay, perfect. Uh, so I think I, I'm a big seltzer guy. I like seltzers. I like uh, a lot of different kinds of seltzers. I'll drink just about anything if you know me. Um, I, am not super picky, but the one hill I will die on is that mango flavored seltzers are the worst tasting flavor of seltzer that there is. And I think by and large, probably the least drank flavor and anything just mango is not, I never grew up eating mangoes. I don't really love the flavor. And then when they get warm, they get like this bitterness to them and they just taste like shit. Like, so my favorite or
0: four is, is mango seltzers the worst flavor of seltzer i would have to go with um i would say no just because what's your least favorite then you got to throw that out most of the seltzer like i I like the mixed berry ones those are fine can't miss the lime
1: are all fine yeah like lime's good with me
0: i like peach i like watermelon no, see watermelons. My my. <laughs> you hate watermelon. I hate watermelon. Anything that tastes like watermelon. I like the flavor of watermelon. Also, like pineapple. I'm not pineapple. Hey. I'm not a huge fan. But I kind of group them and mango,
1: pineapple, mango together. Yeah, they've both got a similar taste that I'm not like. All, all
0: about all right what's your least favorite seltzer flavor pineapple pineapple okay but you like mango uh,
2: it's like my top two.
0: Oh really what's yeah. your other
2: i like like black cherry okay um, watermelon is up there
1: watermelon mm-hmm. black cherry you can't go wrong um but ba- mango for me just if it's super cold and that kind of goes any liquor like i can drink the sh- i can uh, I can drink Malort if it's super cold. I can drink just about anything super cold. Uh, shout out to you Chicago people. But I can't do, like, mango. I, I can drink it for, like, five minutes once it starts getting anything but just, like, freezing-ass cold. It tastes like ass to me.
0: Yeah, I will say I don't I obviously don't love it. Mango's in my lower five. I don't understand if maybe we're in the minority of not liking mango. Uh, clearly, you know, if Marissa likes mango... They always have it as like one of the options at like all the games. Yeah, that's what I don't get. Like, is it a popular it, thing yeah, or are like they just mixed like whiffing the easiest, on that. Black yeah. cherries pretty easy, and usually those two are there. But like when I see two options for a seltzer and one of them is mango, I'm like, I guess maybe they're selling a shitload of it, or maybe it's just because they're selling it because it's there. But that that always does shock me. That do you, it's know, one of the do you know, you know, it's options. a wild
1: take that. I think should be a thing is banana flavored seltzers. No, I would fuck heavy with that. I'd be so in, dude. Think about that. Like, I love banana Laffy Taffy. I like anything banana flavored. I like that. So I would, I would fucking get lit. Like, ninety nine bananas. Everybody's been in high school before college, whatever. You drink ninety nine anything. But I always went to ninety nine bananas. Those were like my go to shots.
0: Yeah, that well, they're the most alcohol, so that wouldn't make that, sense. Yeah, that's right. But right yeah, now. no banana. There is a uh, Boulevard Brewing, I believe, does a seltzer line that's like cherry. Whip. No free ads. Yeah, no free ads. Cherry whip, and then there's a banana whip. I'm pretty sure, but Ooh. it's like, but they don't make it just banana. It's like banana pineapple or some shit like See, that. See why? why? Why do you, yes. Why do you mix them? Just have one flavor. It's why root? Ru- yeah, not mango. All right. My fairway or four is, I was thinking about this the other day as I was doing it, and I think you're on the same page as me, um, but I'm, I'm curious to get Marissa's take on this. So when I do the laundry, okay, when I'm pulling the laundry out of the dryer, how do you put, this is just an open-ended answer, just straight up how you do it. How do you put your clothes into the basket to take them to your room or wherever you're taking them? Do you put them on the outside of
2: the laundry basket or like
0: drape them over the, them edges? On the inside?
2: Just kind of like throw them all in there, and then I go straight to folding them.
0: <laughs> oh, so you're one of those people that just like throws them oh. in, lets them get wrinkled, I think, and then well, brings them to the room.
2: No, to be honest, I'm I'm not gonna lie. I try to put as much in my arms as I can. I don't really use our basket. It's more of like a competition with myself, and then I take them to the bed.
0: Okay, <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. But like, see, I, I just, also uh, real quick. I feel
1: like females and males do laundry differently, and 100. Uh, uh, percent You know what I mean? Yeah. Like. I feel like females are a little bit more feral when it comes to the laundry, like, <laughs> like just exactly like what you described. You just fucking take armfuls of it, you chuck it all in there, and then you take it all back. Socks are probably all over the floor. How many stray socks have you lost?
2: I mean, I'm not wearing matching socks right now. So.
0: Oh fuck, that's another
1: that, topic. Yeah, for, that's. Yeah. I think
0: that's been a fair or for before. That was yeah, like one of our non, ogs. Like yeah, non-matching, non-matching socks Sox. stresses me out. Psycho but shit. Yeah, like I when I take the laundry out, I like fold my pants, shorts. Socks and underwear, I just throw in the basket, not full. You know, I put my socks together because my socks match have to, um, but like my clothes, I just like take a shirt, fold it in half and then like lay it on top of the basket. And I thought it was like you know you do those things or you borderline think you're a psycho. But then I was talking to you about it and you do the same shit. So I don't know if that's just our DNA. I think that's what that's our a mom. Normal o- I think that's what do. our mom always did. If that's like a normal way to do shit, like how does Christian does Christian fold it? What well, does he do?
2: I, I do all the laundry, but I, don't I was gonna. All say, right, so I, he's that, not doing any laundry. But I hang it right away. So like I have hangers already. Like it's a plan. Like, okay. I don't, don't I don't leave them to get dry or like to get you know wrinkled. I immediately hang them up.
1: I will say my basket of folded. Clothes does possibly sit there sometimes for a day or two. Oh, mine sits there for three to four days.
0: Yeah, I I do I, sometimes. I'll do another load of laundry before I fold. Yeah, basket. no, and then
1: I'm like, I got to put this and away put so away. I can. Yeah, yeah. No, so I feel that. Fairway or I forward. start I start throwing dirty shit into the clean, and I'm like, okay. I yeah, I put just it start away. a dirty pile on the floor yeah, because my next cl- my it.
0: basket is clean. Correct. With all the shit folded next to it. That is how so men do laundry. I will be curious to see um if hopefully we can get it in the graphic correctly yeah well well, you need to word it out how you want it to be worded right now fairway or Ford? do you when you fold your laundry into the basket Do you hang your
1: laundry over the edge of
0: your laundry basket when when it's done yes okay that's good i think that's fair wording we'll roll with that okay well appreciate you guys all tuning into this episode of big drive energy if you're not watching us on youtube make sure to tune in youtube dot com slash big drive energy every pod we do is on the youtube with our you get to see our awesome faces our sweet pins and aces gear um and our my amazing mustache mitchell's amazing mustache looking like farva out here needing a liter of cola um make sure you're following us on all the socials at big drive energy at big drive energy pod on instagram once again big drive energy on the youtube Enjoy the last weekend of the regular season in the FedEx Cup playoffs, or leading up to the FedEx Cup playoffs, rather, at the Wyndham Championship. Uh, A lot of guys' careers will be changed this week for the good or for the bad. So make sure you enjoy that tournament. We'll talk to you guys next week before the first week of the playoffs. Playoffs. Peace.